What up, witches and warlocks? It's time to shit on the floor and make it disappear, because we've got a magical episode lined up for you today. This is Super Despair World, rated the fourth best podcast produced by goblins in the British Isles, uh, and we love casting spells. Uh, but before anything else, uh, I just wanted to start off this episode with a little a little shout out to uh, the audience. We got a lot of attention uh, we didn't expect last episode. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. That was a that was a that was a spicy one. Yeah, that was we we certainly uh, threw some chum in the waters and got a lot of bites <laughs> with with that one. I'm not sure what did it exactly. I think if you ask me, I think it was probably the title. I think a lot of people have this whole dead internet theory thing on their mind, so maybe that's what did it. Maybe uh, people just like the thumbnail. I'm not sure, but. Uh, Shout out, uh, hello to all the new subscribers. We hope you enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah, what's up? It's it was it's really cool to meet all of some uh, really nice new people. And yeah, I do think it was a thumbnail. That that thumbnail was a banger. And just to be clear, um, <laughs> Briar was like, eh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a low effort one on this one. We again <laughs> kind of going hard on the last one, and okay. then it's like the all most right. intricate. <laughs> all right, look, high- in my. <laughs> In my defense, I I think I say all right. I, I that was too much work. I got to do a low effort one this next episode, like every episode. <laughs> that is that is true. Actually, that is true. Yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, related to that, we mentioned something about it on the YouTube community tab. I don't know how how much that reaches uh, subscribers. I, I don't know about that, but uh, we are on all the other podcast listing apps now. So if you have a preference for those. Be sure to check us out there. Yeah, all the uh, all the big ones: Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, which I think is being sunsetted soon. G- good job, Google. We love you. Uh, but yeah, you will be able to find us on pretty much whatever you use to listen to podcasts outside of YouTube. So yeah, do do that. Do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we always like to say it's, you know, all the typical YouTube stuff to like, comment, and subscribe. For those platforms, I think if you really want to help the show out, the thing they care most about is leaving a good review. So if you're on Apple Podcast, I think that's the big one, especially. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, tell us about how the show unlocked your inner gender or something i don't know whatever uh, you feel about us uh, yeah. just drop us a note <laughs> yeah it, op- it opened your third eye at least definitely um all right so that's all the the housekeeping out of the way uh today we're talking about something very special something very magical uh something uh that we uh decided a little bit on a whim just kind of like a we put on a magical hat and it told us we're doing this topic uh for the episode uh, we're talking about a special fandom today. Uh, Dave, do you want to introduce our fandom? You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> it's Harry. It's Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter. We, we're if doing. You, if you, we're doing. If you didn't know that. If you didn't. We're doing an episode on on the Harry Potter fandom and uh and what it what it's meant uh over time. Uh, Harry Potter is one of those things. It's kind of become like synonymous with like. It's something that people use to like dunk on millennials, like of uh, people around uh, our age, as like, I can't believe you liked that, or you still like that, or oh, it was so embarrassing. And honestly, it kind of was. But uh, yeah, there's there's it's one of those things that just it, it refuses to die. Uh, it's been it's been almost thirty years now, and it's still we're still talking about it to the to this day. So we're gonna unpack 
what it means to to be a, a fan of the wizarding world, as it were. Yeah, I I do think there's a lot of Zoomers that like uh that like Harry Potter though. Yeah, certainly. Um, so so let, let let's start off uh on let's get a few things out of the way let's let's lay out what this episode will be and what it won't be uh and what it won't be is we're not gonna do a big like comprehensive b- breakdown of like here's the plot of all the harry potter movies and here's like the why the world building sucks and it kind of lays out how jk rowling's like shitty liberal worldview is like kind of lame and not good because, like, uh, so many so many people have fucking done that already. You can find a wealth of that kind of content on YouTube as it is. We don't need to go into, like, huge depth about that. Yeah, and I also know jack shit about Harry Potter, so I'd have nothing to say on that one. I really want to say everything I've learned about Harry Potter has been against my will, but you know what? No, I, I have to take responsibility. I've clicked on all of those hours-long video essays, and, uh... I've absorbed some of it, at least. I don't know. It looks lame to me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I um I have watched the first movie, and I've read portions of some books randomly. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it. I've definitely watched the first and second movie, and I definitely read the first book. And I think I saw the fourth movie on an airplane once, uh, and I have only a vague memory of that because I, I don't I don't get along with airplanes. Uh, I do not like flying, uh, and that was also like fifteen years ago. So I don't I don't know fucking anything about Harry Potter nowadays. Yeah, I have a hard time. Really, I I feel like every time I watch a movie on a plane, I just it it's it, it just never stays with me. Like I couldn't tell you what movies I've seen on a plane and what any of them, what happened in any of them. I, I really don't know. It's it's kind of bizarre. See, I'm usually wide awake for the movie. I just, it, it's hard for me to enjoy it because when I get on a plane, it's always like, oh, the chair's too uncomfortable for like the whole eight hours or something. Or it's like, oh, I ate something weird during the in-flight lunch or whatever and now I've got like a stomach ache for the whole thing and it's, it's never a pleasant experience I don't like it uh and I guess watching Harry Potter did not alleviate that <laughs> yeah is somebody who's taking like uh multiple transatlantic well no trans-pacific flights before I don't I don't know if I've ever flown across the Atlantic but trans-pacific flights before um yeah flying fucking sucks especially when it's long uh, so yeah, I, I think I'm just, uh, I think I'm just in a fugue state the entire time as well, which is why I can't really assimilate anything that I've seen on these movies that I've watched on planes, but Harry Potter is a good one because it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it, it's, there's really not much to, to, to say or do or think about when you're watching it. It, it is a good flight movie, I guess you could say. It could be. I want to say that flying is better on like short distances too. But the thing is, the longer the distance, the nicer the plane. True. Whereas every time I've flown, where it's like, oh, I'm just going from like from like one country in Europe to the one next door, and it's like a a forty minute flight or something. It's always on the most like cheap fucking like rickety small airplane that feels like it's gonna fall apart at any moment. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the puddle jumpers. Yeah, I, I I know what you're I know what you're talking about. So you you really can't win. It's in and with the short flights too it's like it's almost like uh, my whole thing it's like i you go through the whole rigmarole of the airport just to like fly 40 minutes it's like man that's that's kind of not worth it can we just have trains please and just like hop on a train like i 
can more more trains more trains i want a train yeah as for all the faults of the harry potter movies uh they do feature a train so i have to give them at least a one out of ten for that true (laughs) yeah i mean if if from all the faults of harry potter if it really drove uh if it really train pilled a lot of people then it's all worth it in the end in my opinion I think more likely it just uh, egged some people into running at full speed, like face first into like a column at a train station, which I <laughs> also, which I'm also an advocate of. So either way, if, if, if either of those things happened or both, then I'm, uh, th- then I- I'm going to walk back everything I say in this episode. Yeah, the, the, the big point of this prelude is to say that we're not Harry Potter fans ourselves. We, we don't really have, like, nostalgia for it. I think the books are, like, pretty mediocre overall. I mean, it's okay. Like, it's children's media. It's not, like, fucking high literature or something that's, like, really... You don't need to dissect it. And honestly, I don't think anybody would have dissected it if not for uh, certain events on social media over the past few decades. But... Uh, we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, maybe maybe it's actually young adult media. Just to be clear, I don't think it's children's media. That's like Nate the Great. I think it started as children's media and kind of became. It's one of those franchises that like grows up a little bit with the the reader base. You know what I mean? Oh, that is true. It did go on for quite a while. Uh, which is really crazy. Which I didn't kind of realize for a while. Um, is that like the the actual actors in the movies they like went from children to basically adults throughout the um throughout the whole saga of that which is kind of strange to kind of strange yeah, to what, see yeah what's uh, what's what's harry's name is that daniel radcliffe daniel radcliffe say? yeah 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 good on him for managing to overcome the whole like I guess, is it too much to call it a stigma? He was kind of like typecast as like, oh, that's Harry Potter for so many yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, Emma Watson also went on to do um, some pretty good shit. Um, uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. I thought that was a pretty good movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Emma Watson's been in a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I've, I'm, I don't really keep up with like Hollywood and celebrities and all that because um, I have a soul and I love life and living. Mm. But um, uh, th- th- there's a whole thing about how like a lot of the, the original actors, the cast of Harry Potter are kind of like notorious now because a lot of them have made their views about like J.K. Rowling very clear. And a lot of them, uh, our boy Daniel Radcliffe included, are not fans of her at all, which is very funny to me. Yeah, that's uh, that. That is the liberties you can take when you have that level of fame and clout. Which, in in to see somebody take that, that's that's very cool. I like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most of the main cast is not on her side. But I was kind of heartbroken to learn, and I'm pretty sure this is the case. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, sadly our boy Hagrid is a uh, team turf all the way, uh, which is that's heartbreaking. <laughs> Hagrid, you son of a bitch! You're you're a boy, Harry, and don't let those woke gender ideologies confuse you. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> is that even Hagrid's voice? I haven't seen this in. Uh, yeah, I mean, close enough. Yeah. Um. So let let's talk about how the the fandom kind of started, which is to say. 
Uh, honestly, if you ask me, I think it's kind of just that Harry Potter appeared in the right time at the the right place to really blow up. It's kind of a very milk toast, like inoffensive kind of like children's fantasy story. They just happened to get really big in like fucking scholastic book fairs and stuff when I was young. At mm-hmm. least that's where I first saw it because uh, I was a little kid at the time. Yeah. Well. Well. I mean. I mean. It's kind of like the Western version of an izakai, right? Like not exactly, but it's kind of like I live a normal life and my life's kind of sucks, and then magically I find out that I'm special in this other world and I'm transported there. Yeah. It's. It's definitely. Yeah, the it, it is kind of an isekai, except instead of going to like the fucking RPG world where a, a harem of like elf women with big tits want to make you their like breeding husband or something, uh, instead the fantasy is uh, going to the UK and living in a boarding school. I guess. Yeah, which, which is every child's dream. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I won't speak authoritatively because I don't know a whole lot about boarding schools, but I know some people who have been very fucked up by their time in in going to one and i think it it might be one of those like things that it seems quaint and charming because we associate it with like british people like oh those those hoity-toity british so fancy something whatever uh but i don't know It, it seems like it would be magical to to kids uh in America who don't know anything about Britain. Uh, but in reality, it's it's not that fun or interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. But there is still, especially in the US, um, this kind of romanticization of Europe in general, but especially England. It, it, it's the same thing as when you, when you, like, so many fantasy shows and movies and stuff like that they all speak in a british accent because this is a land of wonder and magic where everybody is an is an elf or a high king or 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 a knight and it's very wonderful and magical welcome to this wonderful place of fantasy and wonder and it's like i i'm i met some some british people before and they're cool but they, none of them um none of them knew magic number one none of them knew how to use a long sword and i i've been disappointed my whole life from being lied to by media yeah it's one thing when i'm playing like final fantasy 14 and for most of that game everybody you run into does basically just sound british and like i can look past it because it's like okay it's kind of like a fantasy world there's like castles and dragons and stuff but then you go to like the fucking like china japan themed area and you have this like samurai dude who also just sounds british and it's like okay this is I don't know. We got to we got to find a second accent for fantasy media. Yeah, at least have a quasi problematic uh, Asian accent where they're like, "Welcome to this magical land where we have it, it's we use the pentatonic scale in our compositions." <laughs> I think I think they did do that in the current expansion where we go to this like India themed place but I think uh, some of those actors also are also just like Indian people from the UK so I'm not sure mm. I have to look into that. <laughs> uh, that that's but, that's know, fine. That's fine. It's it's progress. Um which is more than can be said that that's you won't find a lot of progress in uh, in Harry Potter. Yeah, just just don't be like short circuit where they find some white guy and paint his face brown. It's like this is an Indian man. 
Just find it. Find an actual Indian person. It's not that hard. There's a lot of talented Indian people. Trust me. Bollywood is a huge fucking industry. You can find at least one. Yeah, maybe maybe don't go down the road of like Canadian blackface Harry Potter. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Harry Potter kind of took off like in the '90s. I was I was a kid at the time, and I I saw it in like the the book fairs. It was really promoted as like get into reading. It's this fun little uh, fantasy adventure. And, you know, as when I was a kid, uh, I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was all right. Like I said, there's something about uh, J.K. Rowling's like uh, writing style. It's very like, it's not amazing, but it's like there's some colorful words in there, and it's like, oh, kids will find this like fun and endearing, and you know that that's all it really needed to be. Like I said, I think Harry Potter really took off just because it, there was kind of like a like a vacancy, like there wasn't really a big like milk toast uh magical fantasy thing that appealed to kids that much at the time and um i don't know maybe maybe i'm showing my own ass here but when i think back to all the stuff that was popular with with kids at the time i mostly think about how that was kind of the era where a lot of stuff from japan a lot of weeb otaku media was kind of uh metastasizing over here and, and taking off so this is a, a, a like like an what example of um well the first thing i was really into as a kid was uh digimon uh, oh okay I really liked oh, okay it. yeah it was, yeah yeah okay. it was like the whole collecting pets thing like pokemon yeah. except yeah like dark and edgy which yeah. i thought it was funny and i also remember collecting fucking Yu-Gi-Oh cards which it's wild to me that people still play that game to this day but that's a, that's a whole other thing this is like the third episode where we've talked about digimon um is there anything you want to say um, yeah, uh, I look at a lot of them, and I, I, I would. Uh, Angelomon, <laughs> Renamon, yeah, let's, all of them, they're pretty good. This probably, this probably some more, I don't remember all their names. Alright, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Look, it was, it was, an, it was an unexpectedly horny show in terms of some character designs. <laughs> See, I don't remember that, but you could be right. Maybe I repressed it or maybe I the, maybe I didn't repress it. Maybe it's become a core a core like formative memory of mine. The other funny thing is that I'm kind of surprised that Digimon never got hit by the whole like satanic panic of a lot of other like kids media at the time because I swear to god there are at least like seven different Digimon that are literally just like oh yeah this little guy is like Lucifermon and his special ability Black Sabbath drags you to hell and makes you a, a demon or something and it's like oh it's really on the nose I don't know why why nobody was outraged about that. Did that happen with Pokemon? Pokemon, there was a lot of like satanic panic stuff about that, but it was mostly because of uh, Pokemon evolved. It was like the oh. whole evolution, oh, than, like, okay, yeah. divine creation yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that got people very upset. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think Harry Potter also got a little bit of the satanic stuff. Yeah, you know, I was too, just thinking like, that that as well, um, just because of witches and warlocks and magic and and shit like that. Um, yeah, there was definitely some some Christian moms in flyover states that were really pissed off about Harry Potter. That that definitely happened. Yeah, and I mean that's I can I can kind of see the connection, right? Because it's like, oh, there's all this like magic and sorcery, and the the children are literally going to a school to learn how to do that stuff, and it's like a secret world that they, that they keep from their parents or something. And yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I I wonder if Harry Potter came out today and it had the same um, cultural pull that it did. Like, what what kind of people would be freaking out about that? Probably the people who just like um, they they drop the word groomer every other word. They'd probably be very um, very up in arms on um, on X dot com, the everything app about about the uh, the the cultural degeneracy that is coming from Harry Potter. Yeah, and see, that's kind of the the great irony of uh, the Harry Potter fandom in the present day, because I feel like a lot of the people who are into it nowadays are, in, are into it for, like, really dumb bullshit kind of, like, culture war reasons. They just see that, like, J.K. Rowling has, like, a huge beef with trans people, so they're like, that's our woman, defend women's rights or whatever. But, like, the same people backing her now are the people who are, like, yelling that the, these books should be burned because they're teaching, like, witchcraft and sorcery, like, 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, but that's the thing. Like, having a unified and cohesive and rational worldview from Chuds is... that That's a, that's a hard ask, so... You know, it, it yeah, it's, it's really it, it it's really piece by piece. It it comes as it comes. Yeah, sometimes sometimes people will get on my ass about like, oh, why didn't you take so and so argument more seriously? And it's because the it's because the people I have a beef with don't have a coherent worldview. You know, some people are just into things for dumb, silly reasons, and you don't really need to take them seriously. Right. And that's that's what that's where I think the fandom's at nowadays. Because it's like, okay, do people actually like this on its own merits? Or do they just like it for like silly culture war reasons or because like it signifies something they like in the past and considering where the the series took off just being there at the right time with with kids in the 90s i don't think people are really into it for like really sincere reasons nowadays mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I agree i mean that's why i like bud light it's not because i'm a trans ally i like it because it tastes like shit <laughs> well on that much we can agree <laughs> yeah um, although t- stepping back a bit, I do think there's there's a little a little bit of history in the Harry Potter fandom that we kind of like gloss over nowadays because everybody can has some memory of like okay being a little kid and you saw it on the on the shelves at the Scholastic Book Fair or something, and everybody's uh, like painfully aware of where things are at nowadays, but. There was kind of like a weird like intermediary period. I want I want to say around the like late 2000s, kind of like early 2010s where we saw kind of the rise of like cringy millennial culture on the internet. You know, like the weird like mm-hmm. this was peak like le- epic bacon reddit kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The the cute doggo heckin pupper whatever mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> Does anybody and, um, else remember when just basic bullshit that probably is still relevant today (laughs) yeah for sure and i think um the way the way harry potter was popular back then was like it was kind of like a like a tumblr fandom right i remember seeing i was never a big person on tumblr but there was a whole thing about like oh which which harry potter house do you belong to take this quiz and draw your oc in the like wizard robe or whatever what what house do you belong to? Um, probably Slytherin because I'm evil and going to hell. Yeah, pro- probably the same. Honestly, I I would say maybe Ravenclaw. 
I've I've taken I've taken some online quizzes. You know, I'm I'm, I'm very serious. I did a lot of research for this episode, but I, was, I, I think I, talking... I think in 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 reality, I would probably be Slytherin because I'm a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay, it's it's one thing to say Slytherin because, to my knowledge, I think they ended up being like the wizard Nazis or something, and obviously we disavow that we're not about that. Yes, life. no, no, no. But I, but I, but here's the thing though: like, aren't all the wizards kind of Nazis in, at the end of the day? So I don't know anything about the the fucking Fantastic Beasts movies. I think that's like Harry Potter in like the 1930s or 40s right. or something. Right. And I think the plot of those movies is like wizard hitler wants to do some like nazi stuff but we have to like save the the time magic timeline we have to make sure that world war ii happens or else wizard hitler i don't know it's really dumb the politics don't make sense <laughs> i i watched the first one in theaters because somebody forced me to um i, I yeah i think it was my ex-girlfriend soul but um i don't remember anything about that I don't remember not not about what you just said. I don't remember anything about the film in general. It was so forgettable that that I that I don't remember anything about it. But um, that that is the one takeaway with the whole series and the whole universe in general, uh, which always kind of like it may. I thought it was always kind of sus. Is just this like relationship between the 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 wizards and the muggles and they're kind of like they're kind of like hey these are like lesser thens then you should that you should I look think down they, they on. literally use the term like pure blood and mud blood yes <laughs> yes like, yes no you're so right you're right I, I do remember that one and um in it the first time i saw this i was living in korea at the time and i actually used this uh, the, the first movie I taught a class that was, uh, you know, based on like media and stuff. So, so one of the movies was that one. And I was the whole time I was, and they were saying, I, I don't know if it was in that one, um, or if it was in a different one that I used later. I, th th that's the thing. This series is so fucking forgettable that I just can't remember any of this, but just, one of the takeaways and one of the things that stuck in my mind what was the use of the term mudblood, which has been used in Korea as a as a place that I lived in as a pejorative for like people who were not like pure racially pure Korean people. And I was like, eh, that's a little bit <laughs> that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, and it's it's weird because you think like, okay, did did J.K. Rowling like do that intentionally, or is that just like the the whole like latent like British colonialism like right, Hitler right, and, and, in her? and that's a thing. <laughs> it, like, it's not like a main. It, as far as I know, just just to preface this, uh, Harry Potter heads, feel free to correct me, and we can have a whole dialogue on this. I would love to hear all of your thoughts. Um, th th from what I understand, from what I remember. It was always kind of like a, not really directly said, and it wasn't really a main theme of the of the series. It was more just like, kind of this underlying idea of like, the Muggles are like these just they're just fucking. They're, it's it's like the four chan equivalent of like they're NPCs, but we're like main characters. And, you know, just don't really worry about them and we'll 
you know, you're you're special and they're not. So, uh, so act I, I accordingly. Think, I think it's one of those things where, like, maybe pe- maybe I'm gonna get something about the plot wrong, but I think it goes to show, like, this whole, like I said, kind of like colonial, like British, like supremacy, like mindset mm-hmm. that just like people mm-hmm. like like J.K. Rowling have, where it's like you have you have a very like normie acceptable main character like harry potter like he's the 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 british kid he comes from like a good background or something he has a lot of money or whatever yes and the way they address the whole like racial politics of the whole mud blood thing is like he kind of like he kind of takes pity on them he's like oh they're not so bad they're just like normal people like you and i like one fucking like when joe biden says oh uh Black kids are just as smart as normal kids, or whatever. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. It's like, which the whole theme of that is like, well, clearly they're not, but like we shouldn't kill them. Like let's let's be the let's let's be charitable to the lesser thans. You know, it's the very like condescending like British regency view of all other cultures, where it's like, no, we're not racist. We're just we're just the the benevolent rulers over all these other like right. inferior cultures. And, and, and to be clear before our, uh, before our British listeners get upset, um, this, this is not unique to great Britain at all. It's not unique to the UK. Um, this, this, this bullshit has extended to several other countries, including my wonderful homeland of the United States of America. Um, so but yes it it is it is this underlying thing of like hey um yeah we know but like you know like let, let's 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 yeah let's let's just uh you know we'll just, we'll we'll let them live we'll let them live but yeah, we we love all our UK listeners, and uh, maybe one day with your support, we can be the number three podcast in the British Isles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was possibly even number this. two. Maybe. Uh, let's not get too confident, though. Although, That's true. That's true. Although we did say we're both Slytherins, and I think an element of them is like the whole thing is like they're very ambitious or something, mm. which I guess I don't know. That's kind of often painted as a bad thing in like fantasy media or literature in general but i don't know i like being ambitious i think i think we'll easily be making like joe rogan books by this time next year oh probably. without without question with by being bankrolled by the uh the bank of england uh yeah not that other bank run by all those goblins <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wanted to also mention this with regards to the whole like Harry Potter like houses thing. There was a friend of mine. Uh, I won't name names. Uh, she's a she's a trans woman, and she was talking to me about how she was really into Harry Potter as a kid, and she like bears her soul to me in these DMs, talking about how like yeah, she's so upset that like J.K. Rowling turned out to be a big piece of shit because she had all this like Harry Potter merch and memorabilia and stuff. And she just, like, laid out this whole, like, probably, like, 70 messages long DM to me as I'm sitting there listening. Uh, and at the end of that, I just I just hit her with the single word, Hufflepuff. And she got so fucking mad that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Uh, 
That's very Hufflepuff of you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I am the the real Sorting Hat now. Maybe I'll add that to my resume. <laughs> I I, I, re- I really think like just calling anybody Hufflepuff is like an insult. Um, I don't know anything about Hufflepuff. It's just the name itself. Um, I just feel like anybody there is just like. D- I, I say this with love. I think I think it's the house for like the kids that eat glue. <laughs> I the think kids it, I that think eat I'll... glue or like the Gerblin people. Oh God, do we want to talk about the Gerblin? I just I just saw that on Twitter the other day. I completely missed this person's whole existence on on, on Tumblr or TikTok or whatever. Lurbs it. Unionize, incorporate. <laughs> it's like God. Uh, look up, look up Gerblin sometime. You can, uh, you can go down that route. We, 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 we have to do a, we have to do an episode on the, on the, yeah, th- that'll be a, that'll be a separate thing. Just the, uh, the, the Penguin of Doom quirky people that have existed for time immemorial. Uh, j- just a fantastic and interesting subset of very harmless, but extremely cringe people. Yeah, um, yeah, we're gonna have to do some soul searching and look inwards at at our own cringe. Uh, I was I was never that bad, but there's a whole like long history about how a lot of weird stuff on the internet either always dates back to either 4chan or Tumblr, mm. and it's like these are the these are the two wolves inside of everybody. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I was saying, um. Harry Potter did kind of have this like popularity online for a while in those spaces because I remember seeing there was a lot of like fandom type stuff on Tumblr where people where it was popular to like sort yourself or like your your like original character or something into the the four different Harry Potter houses because like it's kind of like a natural thing to like cling on to it's like oh yeah you have these four big archetypes and you can find something relatable in in each of them even though I, I do think uh, in the series itself, it, it's pretty shallow about most of that stuff. I think like the fucking Gryffindor house is literally just, oh, you were one of the main characters, you yeah, know? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's it's the same appeal that people have. I mean, like people say like, oh, you have a, you, you have a Harry Potter house. That's so funny. <laughs> and then they'll be, uh, and then they'll talk about like their Zodiac sign or their Myers-Briggs uh, personality type as if it actually means something you know it's funny you mentioned that because i think it, there's probably a big overlap like a big venn diagram between the kind of people this appeals to because when i think back to the like late 2000s like early 2010s harry potter fandom i think a lot of the people into it also were like the fucking like crystal like hippie yes, people yes. like the the girls who are like into witchcraft for a little while i'm an they, indigo like, child Oh god, the whole like in- indigo. Yeah, you remember uh, that? That just popped eye, in my eye color head. Thing. Yeah. Uh, what was what was it called? It was f- um uh ah fuck, I don't have it. Whatever. We'll we'll do a future thing on it. Yeah. Uh, where it was like, oh, you have purple eyes, so you're part of some like divine magical bloodline right. from another universe right. or something. Yeah. It was it was very weird, but um yeah, uh Harry Potter owed a lot of its like fandom to people like that, which um. It, it made things really tense when uh, we saw kind of like the the fall of like uh, the, the the downfall of like J.K. Rowling's public perception as a as an author and just like a person in general, right? Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you you had on one side a lot of like 
kind of like queer autistic like weirdo like hufflepuff types yes. were really into it in the tumblr days uh and then you have a lot of people who just like immediately latched onto it now as like a whole like right wing like culture war talking point kind of thing and at the same time i think you also have like a third group of people who are like the the weird like crystal hippie mom type of people who seem like they were like kind of progressive and like forward thinking at some point but now they're like just into like a bunch of weird anti-vax like i don't want to i don't want to get the jab type of thing yeah yeah for sure and and this this is a in un well it's a tangential topic that we can get into on a on a future episode where we'll talk about this. But I have noticed that that type of person is like oh, my third eye, and I'm so progressive, and I, I, I think outside of modern society. Those people tend to be ironically like the most socially conservative people you will ever meet. Um, they're all turfs. All of the women are turfs. All of the dudes are like. A woman's place is in the home, and I and my place is in the job site. And but they'll be like, oh, but uh, you know, we wear like tie dye t shirts and smoke weed. Uh, it's it's like the trustafarian type of shit. It's that's a whole ass other thing, um, which is kind of interesting to get into. But it's beyond the scope of this episode. But yeah, th- there. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot to unpack from the people who have spawned out of this cultural milieu of uh, Harry Potter fandom. In, in in specifically, yeah, I think it's it's the whole Harry Potter thing seems kind of adjacent to the whole like uh, feminism as a movement in general, right? Because on one side, you have people who are just like otherwise like pretty like left leaning progressive types nowadays who maybe they don't maybe they don't use the word feminist that much nowadays because that that word has really been like dragged through the well yeah it's been co-opted by some absolutely fucking insane people yeah that's that's the other side of it where you have like all the people who are like out and proud like turfs nowadays who are like oh yeah feminism actually is just about like hating men and like yelling at people in bathrooms or something like that yeah it's very bizarre yeah it's it's about Um, getting a uh a tattoo of ovaries on your body and be like i support actual women yeah no um, no you don't you're (laughs) in in for those people not not to get too off on a tangent there like those people it just proves to me you don't actually give a fuck about like equality or any of the core tenets of this movement you just need an identity that's all you need and and that's that's what a lot of this shit a lot of this toxic bullshit comes down to on all of the topics that we talk about uh just people online being fucking horrible it comes down to people who are fucking boring and lame and have nothing going on in their lives and all they need is a goddamn identity and it's like dude get your identity from doing something cool uh play play a sport do a martial art start making art be a do music teach some kids Dude, dude, plant some goddamn plants, man. You need an identity. Do something positive. Your fucking gender, your race, uh, where you were born, that's not an identity. I'm sorry. Do Uh, a little bit of work if you need a goddamn identity. Have you considered that I consumed that piece of media like super ethically and that I'm going to heaven? 
<laughs> no, I have I have not <laughs> I have not considered that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird. And I will say I'm gonna it's funny you bring up the whole identity identity thing because I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a bit of a rabbit hole and expose some of my own uh, teenage cringe uh, phase here when I was looking for some identity. Uh, so when I was a teenager, I was I was kind of like an edgy, like troublemaker sort of person. I was into the whole like fucking uh, online YouTube skeptic sphere where it was just like yelling at like conservative Christians online, which, you know, that's all well and good and fun. But um, there's a whole lot of toxicity boiled down into it. And there was a brief period during that time where I was looking into all these like I was probably like 16, 17, something around then when I was looking into all these like like quirky like dark kind of like alternative religions like i think there was a brief period where i called myself like a satanist or something oh yeah yeah or there was there was there were other things like that and i was never into to wicca itself but you know it's kind of re- related because you know the whole harry potter and magic thing uh i did some reading into the whole like wicca stuff which is like the modern kind of sort of new agey like pagan, interpretation yeah. something of like pagan Paganism, beliefs yeah, or whatever yeah, right yeah it's like it, it's it's witchcraft basically right, right. Um, and i looked into it and the whole thing is like there's some there's a lot of like weirdly like old-fashioned kind of like essentialist thinking stuff in there like you brought up like you oh it's we're we're better than the whole like patriarchal like christianity like we're not evangelicals like our parents we just also believe in like a divine uh, god and goddess and like male and female genders that are very important and they're like divinely orchestrated or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's yeah like, oh, right. you're just you're just recreating the the bad thing, but like with hip magical new age terms. Right, right. <laughs> and I and I I think like it, as much as I think this is like it's 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 an overused term. It, it's kind of a horseshoe theory type of thing where it's like. Yeah, you you are that person that you're rebelling against, but you just need to wrap it up in a different in a different bow. But like you're the same as the people that you supposedly hate. Um you but you can't really have alternative worldviews cuz that would maybe be too much mental mental work for you, so you need to just take that and uh wrap it up in like I, I I don't know like forest nymphs and uh, and and tie dye t shirts and whatever fucking stupid bullshit that you need to do to make yourself feel different and and rebellious and whatever. Yeah, you need to feel like you're making a change while not actually having the real like bravery and like introspection exactly. needed to actually change something exactly. about yourself. Exactly. And it's like, hey, yeah. it, the, just just save yourself the time. Just be a fucking evangelical Christian. Because you have the same views. You have the same cultural and social views. Just just stay there and go to your McChurch. And your parents will probably <laughs> like you more. McChurch. That's uh-huh. that's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, I want to say, uh, I think those people are kind of like the missing link be- between like the, the hair, the the Harry Potter fans or former Harry Potter fans were like kind of like relatively like chill, progressive leaning kind of people. And now the like complete grifters who are just like latching onto it. Like they're just like weird, angry, evangelical, like far right types. I think the, the bridge between those, the kind of like transition point is the weird, like 
kind of essentialist, like, hippie crystal mom, like, horoscope type of people. Yeah, yeah. That that, w- that would definitely make sense. Just just for nothing else than the, the amount of time that has passed since uh, Harry Potter started and was seminal to now. Um, th- anybody who is going to be, like, super obsessed with that in its uh formative phase is probably going to be some like some weird socially conservative person now um in 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 so 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 that's kind of the thing is 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 jk rowling's outing herself as a turf is that something that's been inside of her all this time or did she kind of just read the room and say like hey here's a way for me to to seem relevant to my fan base so i i definitely think there was always something about that inside of her i don't think i don't think she's grifting i do think when she goes on like hateful tirades about trans people or whatever i do think that is like genuinely how she sincerely feels about about people and sees the world and everything Um, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to watch my language a little carefully here because I don't want to spread misinfo about this as much as I hate JK Rowling. Uh, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the stuff about her hating trans people comes down to some, like, I think she was in like an abusive relationship with a guy or something. And she kind of started as, as one of those, like, oh yes, feminism is just about like hating men and anything she sees associated with like men or masculinity is now just like, a a part of this like great evil in her worldview so like other people have talked about this how like yeah jk rowling herself probably did uh or maybe certainly did i don't know i'm not going to confirm i don't know the exact history but uh even if we uh take take it for granted that yeah she was the victim of some like real abuse or uh, at the hands of like other people mm-hmm, including mm-hmm. men or whatever like it still doesn't justify like all the fucked up shit she says or like the the vitriol she throws at other people who don't deserve it you know right and i and i think that's a kind of a toxic thing that people do in general i've definitely known people personally who have been like very shitty to a lot of people before and then they're in the, then they kind of try to say like oh well i was abused or oh, i had a my my i had some fucked up shit happen with my family it's like and like and obviously that's fucking terrible man like like that but like you cannot use that as an excuse to be shitty to other people and and i know that is kind of a this is a psychologically understood mechanism that happens with a lot of people but when you're saying this out loud and that's your reason for justification that means you understand that this is what's going on here and you're unwilling to do anything to mitigate the negative effects of your past trauma and abuse which to me seems like then you don't really actually care and you're kind of just doing this um, because you're fucking shitty and then you're saying, well, I have a license to be shitty because I was abused. And, and, and maybe that's a hot take. I, I, I mean, you know, like if, if it is, you can you can totally let me know. But um, I, I do. You, do you, does that make sense? 
Yeah, so so the way that I, I phrase all of that is, like, I consider myself a pretty empathetic person. I can find sympathy for even, like, the worst people who have been through, like, some stuff that, like, they didn't deserve or whatever. But the thing for me is that, like, my sympathy goes out the window, like, the moment you start taking all the, the hurt and the pain that you've been through and you turn that into a weapon against other people. Because then at that point, it's like, okay, I don't feel sorry for you anymore because you were doing something bad to other people and just, like, keeping this, like, cycle of shit going. You know right, I mean? right, right. And it's it, it, and that's kind of the irony is, uh, you know, when you talk about abuse, as they say, like, if you were abused, you're much more likely to abuse other people and like that's fucking horrible but um in for it but the the i guess the point that i was trying to get to is for a lot of people it's unconscious like they don't they don't really realize this is happening they've internalized something they've never had therapy or anything like that so they are externalizing this later because they have a position of 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 power over somebody whether it's a whether it's an underling at their work or a, a, a child their child or their wife or their husband or whatever whatever it is and um but like when you're like yeah i know um i know i can be hard to deal with but it's because i have this shit and it's like well now you kind of just you kind of just outed yourself that yeah like so, some people just like they kind of they can they can like insulate themselves from any outside criticism and this is another reason why i don't have any sympathy for jk rowling because she's an actual billionaire that lives in a real right. life fucking castle in the countryside okay like nothing i say is gonna make any difference to her you can't really like reason with somebody like that because they are they are not just like financially entrenched in their worldview true it's like their entire life yeah if they changed this belief that they hold so deeply you would just like unmake them as a person you know it's all that they have left yeah yeah yeah. and, and, and that kind of reminds me of um it, it, this i i don't i don't want to give the impression that i like watch tmz or i give a fuck about celebrities in general but um i i have become aware of this situation with uh jonah hill who had like a hot model girlfriend who he was being like very like weird and shitty and controlling too have you heard about this do you know what i'm talking about remind me who jonah hill is is he one of the super bad yes, guys yes 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 <laughs> okay yeah yes. that, that like the the dude bro type of yeah, uh, yeah, comedy yeah yeah, yeah 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 all right that guy yeah um and um like yeah so so apparently the, like he was being like really controlling and really weird to her and um and, and like supposedly this is all hearsay like i this is kind of cringe to talk about honestly but like whether this is true or not or whether i have the whole story this is kind you of open a mic- this up now you gotta finish yeah it. yeah okay <laughs> this is a microcosm of that just in the sense of like um supposedly like he does have like a, a therapist or something and they were like whoa you're completely right on that um which which like i don't know how hollywood therapists are if they're just like yes i charge 700 dollars an hour and to tell you what you need to hear but like for for these people who have a shit ton of money um even not that even not like Hollywood money, even not JK Rowling billions of dollars money. Like you could get an army of therapists 
that you could you could see each one of them once a week uh and just have a goddamn seven day thing just to get like just to get a full gamut of people telling you like are you are you like what's what's going on here and i i guess they just kind of choose not to so for for most people i guess the point that i'm saying is for most people it's like man fucking therapy is expensive uh a lot of medical care is that shouldn't be but um for these people you have no excuse you have no excuse yeah uh if you want us to afford therapy be sure to leave us a review on uh (laughs) apple podcasts and we'll we'll get it sorted out or or else we'll just keep podcasting (laughs) oh man if we ever do ad reads you, you got you got the best transitions in the, in, the, in the industry <laughs> i i had that queued up for a good 30 seconds there. <laughs> there there you go keep it on the top of your head yeah exactly <laughs> so um i think this is this is speaking of transition points this is this is a good point to move into our our next uh topic here which, which is um a, a lot of the discourse around harry potter and jk rowling in general there's a term that people bring up a lot which is death of the author uh and more succinctly uh let's talk about does it actually matter what jk rowling thinks when we look at like the the thing that she has created and put out into the world what do you think about that i i mean yeah like i don't know it's, it's kind of hard to say um i in in some respects i do understand the argument of like i look at the art outside of the artist but at the same time well the artist did create the art and they put a piece of themselves into this art as well and now going back and looking at looking at harry potter i think if we really spent some time looking at this this story um we would probably find a lot of self inserts and i and that that's the thing about any story I do not think any story, uh, any piece of art, any piece of music, any painting, anything like that, any any creation, I do not think is devoid of some at least tiny piece of self-insert from from the creator. Yeah, I agree entirely, and I I would I would even go further and to say that I think people who are arguing that oh so and so you you're telling me that this random thing this this i don't know pong the game pong is is that political and i would say yeah and i i think everybody arguing that nothing that some things can be completely unpersonal like apolitical whatever i think all those people are just coming at it in bad faith i don't think they actually have any interest besides like protecting their own ego about liking things that have been like criticized by other yeah i i i think i think people really don't understand what like political or politics means um and everything exists in a political context everything is political um pong your your example would not exist if a certain like just structure of of history and politics did not exist in the place in which pong was created so so yeah, even uh, like in even if the creator of pong wasn't like i'm gonna make this as a as a way to push right-wing beliefs on the children of america is pong right wing <laughs> yeah absolutely uh the right is one pong, always wins is, is guys is pong based or woke <laughs> pong gone woke 
Or maybe those are the two paddles. There's like a based paddle and like a woke paddle, and they're fighting over the ball. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind no, of related, yeah, a s- similar, very retro game. Uh, a lot of people don't know Tetris was literally made in the Soviet Union. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, no, Wait, was it not? No, I, I'm oh, just kidding. It, it was. It, it was. You're right. Don't don't make me <laughs> doubt myself like that. <laughs> Fuck. See that so that's I, that's that's the thing is is you could just have some uh, some guy on Twitter with a blue check just say nope, and, and now you're doubting yourself. <laughs> that's yeah uh, that's, well maybe i don't know there's something to be said there about like okay the the soviet union very like communist like collectivist sort of society and like mm-hmm. oh everybody has to like fit the pieces into uh into this uh grid or whatever perfectly and like is that the the point of it i don't know maybe i didn't watch like a three-hour political essay about tetris before we start recording today mm-hmm. so yeah d- tetris was a uh it was a communist propaganda mill um number one it was to um j- just like you said it was to say everybody has their place um and some are better than others the uh the line that's a, that's a good one you uh, you belong above the other people the uh the little like z-shaped one not really that great but you have your place i guess the, the, yeah the square, it reminds me yeah. this is oh god i just looked it up and i'm gonna date myself a little bit this video is from 13 years ago did you ever see the parody song somebody made the complete history of the soviet union arranged to the melody of tetris no no oh okay it's a fun video i'll i'll link it to you afterwards uh if you're listening now feel free to pause and look that up i think it's a it's a catchy tune. It's uh it's just a fun little video uh from from yesteryear from the good old day of 2010, which I guess is the period we were talking well, about. Well, well, I, I I will say the thing that I just said was uh not very serious, but it, it could it could have been a uh a, a propaganda piece just to show everybody how banging uh like traditional Russian music was because the uh the the regular Tetris song everybody knows it now, just like the Mario song. Yeah, it's 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 iconic. I feel I feel really bad because honestly, Russia seems like a miserable place to live. But everything I learn about like Russian literature and culture makes me think, oh, there's a lot of very cool stuff out there. So, well, I I, I do think there's something to be said about like a place with a lot of uh, a lot of hardship and misery to it it kind of does harden you and and please do not please do not extrapolate this to say that i agree with the like the <laughs> hard times make great men meme um that that is completely fucking wrong oh i thought you were about to like cue up an erection joke when you say it said harden <laughs> <laughs> hard hard men create great times and great times create hard men that's that's that i will get behind that i will get behind. Uh, i think i think you could rock like a hard uh hard men create great times and just like nothing else and put that on like a crop top at a, at a pride parade or something <laughs> yeah oh that's a good merch idea all right when when we drop the merch store well keep that in mind keep that in mind oh look forward to that's yeah. that's really good yeah. Yeah. uh graphic design yeah. is briar's passion so she's behind you know <laughs> she's behind it's funny <laughs> It's funny you say that because uh, I I do like illustration a lot, and it was actually a fucking graphic design class I took in college that like destroyed my self esteem for a couple years. So, 
I don't know. Graphic design is very much not my passion, but some people have told me I'm kind of okay at it. So well, we'll uh, I, I think we can. Uh, I think we can tag team this in the sense that I I'm I'm pretty good at the technical aspects of this, but like less so the art aspects. So like uh, you you do the art, I do I do the technical uh, aspects. You come up with the 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 catchy one liner slogan. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> well, well, we we got it going. We got it going on. Um, yeah, but, there's something there. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back a little bit, we were talking about about death of the author, and I kind of wanna I wanna elaborate more on this because it's it's a very frustrating thing for me. Uh, a lot of people say like, "Oh, media literacy is dead," uh, but it is. And when people True. use the term "death of the author," they're just like, "Well, death of the author means I'm gonna ignore everything about the creator of this uh, media so that I can continue enjoying it uncritically." And like, I guess, I guess you can do that, but it's like the whole thing about death of the author is like, it's not like an ideological, like moral statement, right? It's just a method of looking at a piece of media, which is no more like correct or valid than any other, which is like, yeah, you can judge something just completely by itself, like in a vacuum, or you can consider like the, the views of the creator. And it's like, okay, people are misusing this a lot and it really frustrates me. Yeah, yeah, I can I can get that. So so yeah, so so what what does death of the author actually mean then? Uh I would say it's like considering considering all the the different aspects of a of a piece of media like cons- like when you limit the scope just to the thing itself. Like when you look at say a a, a piece of a uh, film and you just watch it from start to front, you don't have any knowledge of like stuff about the actors or like the filming location and you just focus on specifically the things that uh like I guess the creator chose to to put their uh visible uh, or audible or whatever for everybody to see not considering like outside factors which you know like you can do that for some things um there was a whole like discourse on uh the fucking ttrpg twitter about about tabletop games where they're like okay can you actually review a game if you haven't played it and like yeah there's some merit to that like you can review a game in terms of like is the book well written is it well organized right, like right. when i flip through it is it like uh is it well structured and that's a completely separate conversation from like okay how did this actually feel when playing it with other people like putting it into real practice and like you know the like are those reviews if you haven't played it valid i would say kinda i don't know sometimes it's a different type of review but it's a valid way to look at a piece of media even if you aren't considering like certain other factors no i i agree and that that's actually a that's actually an interesting point because i've definitely had um like as a musician and somebody who you know kind of critiques music and i'm not i'm no anthony fantano which i think is a no hate against anthony fantano i guess but i i i don't that, that's not you know, really, i actually yeah i'm i'm a fucking fantano old head i was one of his first subscribers when i was in uh high school in like 2010 2011 and i still listen to some of those early uh albums he reviewed in like that first year which makes me feel very old but, yeah I, I, uh, I i don't i don't really uh I, i'm not really like a 
I'm not really like a film or music critique person. I like I, I I think they're interesting, just kind of like in a vacuum. But it just like there's nothing about anything these people say that kind of like influences me whatsoever. Which I think is probably like the healthiest way to consume that kind of that kind of content. But uh, the reason I, I brought know, that, I, I, I don't yeah. watch I don't watch a lot of Fantano. For me, it's just like oh I learned that this album exists where I might not have otherwise. Right, so right, 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 right. Exactly. Exactly. And and that is that is the best part about it. But like I've definitely had people share uh music or or films or something like that with me and they're like and I'm like, eh and I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, but like, don't you under, don't you know that this happened at this time with these people and like it spawned this and something? And it's like, that's cool, I guess. Like, but I don't, I don't actually give a fuck. A lot like, of I just is, thought um, this was like, kind of, I thought it was kind of mid, like, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of it is just like basic, like, film trivia, right? Which doesn't right. really make a big difference. Right. Like, um, the other day I was scrolling Twitter. I know, I know, it's really bad. Yeah. It is, but Boo. I saw this random tweet that was talking about um, uh, Kurosawa movies. Uh, the famous Japanese director. Yeah, Kurosawa it, fucking it, rules. By the way, yeah, amazing director. Love that shit. It was talking about uh, this uh, this shot in one of his movies where there's this like big like Japanese like temple like castle building and it's on fire. And uh, there's like a bunch of like uh, samurai warriors or whatever outside of it or something. And uh, the the tweet uh, had somebody. It was like an interview where somebody asked uh, Kurosawa, like, "Hey, why did you uh, film this one shot in this particular way?" And his response was like, "Okay, if I moved the camera one inch to the left, you would have seen like a like a Sony factory, and if I moved it one inch <laughs> to the right, you would have seen an airport." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Which gotta, you know, yeah. that's really fun. That's a cool bit of trivia, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't really like I don't know. I guess that's a valid way to analyze the movie. Yeah, sure, but. sure. In in the same way, um, you can see that like sometimes the limitations uh, of the medium or or just the circumstances in which it was created lend themselves to certain outcomes. And I do think that is interesting. Um, the 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 whole idea though is so back to the death of the author thing is like. Um, in I I think I think that was more valid, especially because like 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 for example, in high school, you you're you're assigned like Dostoevsky or uh, Steinbeck or something like that. I don't know shit about that author. I don't know shit about that. I'm I'm in fucking high school. I don't I don't know about Russia and I don't even know when Dostoevsky wrote crime and punishment what, what was it the fucking 1800s i assume i can't think Nin- about early 1900s without thinking about how he makes jordan peterson cry <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those authors that peterson really loves he's like oh, it's just you just a, a book about about a, a man being really sad about about society and, i i i got a hot, i got like a hot him. take about the women the yeah. women point and laugh and they say oh he's he's a hufflepuff he has he has a little penis or something <laughs> 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 my my whole thing about I I think I've only watched or I've only read Crime and Punishment. And I'm just like, dude, I don't care about how the light is glimmering off of like the countertop in this fucking place. Like, dude, just get to the fucking story. It was Crime the best and Punishment. Yeah, it was the blurst of times. <laughs> it was the blurst of times. 
get this monkey out of here. Was that Crime and Punishment? No, I think that was Tale no, of Two that's, Cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's Tale of Two Cities. But, um, but, but I guess the point with that is like, I don't know shit about these guys. It's just like I, I view the piece of, of writing on its own merit. But now it's, it's so hard to view anything um, outside of the cultural context of its uh, of its producer, especially, or or just like anything. Um, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. now, just as another example of this, because we're talking, I guess, like I guess about children's media in general. I think about some of the cartoons I really liked. Like uh, when I was in high school, I was I was in love with Adventure Time, mm. and mm-hmm. I think Adventure mm-hmm. Time is really representative of this era where like a lot of uh, kids shows are starting to move into like depicting like queer characters and themes more Mm -hmm. openly Mm -hmm. but like how can you talk about that without the context that yeah there's a lot of uh hoops that the writers had to go through because the studio or like the the producers or whatever literally wouldn't allow certain things to be broadcast on tv right so they had to work around that like if you're analyzing those cartoons as like a, a a piece of media or whatever like yeah i think that's very important context you can't ignore that yeah, there's there's actually a really uh, in, this is this is kind of a very deep cut, which there's there's a lot to say about this. So if you're interested in this little quip, look it up. Um, as, as far as uh, Brazilian music, Brazilian popular music in like the 60s and 70s, uh, that was going on during a time of a uh, a military coup. And, and please don't. Uh, if you're Brazilian and and I'm not getting the dates right and all the details right, I'm I'm so fucking sorry. Like, please please roast me and educate me more on this. I, I love my Brazilian listeners more than anything. But um, so, so there was a lot of a really um, a lot of really popular and really seminal artists who could not. They they were obviously against this regime, but they couldn't directly say it. So there was a lot of like really 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 incredibly subtle ways that they um dropped just drops of resistance into their music which is like and there are books and articles and all sorts of shit written about this and it's super fucking interesting um so like in in that's that's a really interesting point which i guess kind of gets all back to this is like there is in, in a lot of people say like well, I just like this and I don't care if the person is a piece of shit or like what was going on at the time. I just like it. And it's like, no, dude, everything that is created ever in the history of the fucking world is influenced by number one, the creator and number two, the time and culture and everything going on that it was created in. So there is no, you cannot use this as an excuse to say like, well, I like this thing, and uh, yeah, this person is incredibly racist. So, like, but like the the book wasn't racist. So, like, I'm allowed to read that book, and I'm allowed to ignore all of this type of shit because they didn't like use slurs in it or something like that. And um, I mean, I guess you could extrapolate that to 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 Harry Potter, but like, um, I I. I can't speak to any like turf shit in general, but there's definitely some like very suspect themes from what I understand in these, in this media itself, which knowing what I know about um, JK Rowling now 
kind of not surprising. Yeah, there's there's a whole thing about her. Like I said, it's kind of this like bias she has towards being like the the like upper middle class like uh well-to-do like British like pro like she's probably pro monarchy whatever like the whole like uh we still see like the UK is like the center of the world all this like old reclaimed glory or whatever right. and that stuff like that that's her that's her perspective it kind of it kind of shows it's like the more you read into Harry Potter the more you'll see it in everything especially about all the stuff about like the other magic schools and how like the further you get away from the UK the the less coherent her world building gets and all that well, well wasn't her origin didn't she like didn't she publish these books when she was like 41 and like broke and like in a council house and like on the dole like is it um, was it wasn't that her origin story or is that is that not true yeah, it, it might have been. I don't know. Uh, maybe we should have looked into this, but I, I'm uh, I'm like I'm like ninety percent sure that's true because I I taught a lesson on uh, J.K. Rowling to like my uh, middle school high school students when I when I was still um, doing like ESL shit in Korea, and I'm pretty sure like that was a narrative of like she was forty one and got rejected by. A, 50 publishers and the 51st said okay we'll do that and now she's a billionaire uh, and i'm yeah, pretty it, sure she was like yeah because she, she was like the, yeah she was like older the than more us. you look into those things it's like how much of this is like true like provable reality versus how much of this is like post fame like myth making about her and sure, I, I that that is a valid point that is a very valid point i don't i don't know why i would lie like, about her age but like as far as like how this happened, yeah, maybe. Because the thing is, I feel like I've heard a lot of similar stories up, uh, like that before about how they say like, oh yeah, Microsoft was founded when Bill Gates was like working in a garage on like one shitty like wooden desk or, or something like that. And it ignores a lot of background like, oh yeah, I know all these like big like tech guys from like 30, 40 years ago, they were like well-connected like Ivy League dipshits mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? I'm I'm just I try to be very very skeptical of a, of all these like narratives about like the the self-made rich person. No, just, no, like, that that is yeah. that's very valid. That is very very valid. Um and I I think with the Bill Gates one in particular like that's technically true, but it's also um and I think this was true for Steve Jobs as well. Um they were from fairly affluent families that allowed them to like not immediately have to get a job and they were like yeah you can use our garage indefinitely to um you know do your prototypes for your thing and in whatever just a small loan of a million dollars yeah right 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 yeah and uh, to to cover my ass here i want to say regardless of whatever rowling's uh situation was like specifically uh i don't care if she was like born poor or something because i do still think uh the the broader point is that her perspective is one of like the the biases of like upper class like british without like, question uh, without question yeah. and, and that and that doesn't matter if she was born poor or not because there's plenty of poor people who see themselves as part of uh like a temporarily inconvenienced upper class and that could totally have been her situation, which uh, those people are. I, 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 
I am loath to use the term class traitor, but it kind of fits here. Yeah, yeah, it might be. So like, yeah, I don't care about I don't care about her upbringing, even if we assume that like, oh, yeah, she was the most poor, misfortuned person in the world. It doesn't change anything about my opinion Exa- about exactly. like, her or her worldview or the stuff. She it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't really matter as to where she is now. So. Yeah, so that kind, all that kind of addresses the the claim that I hear from a lot of Harry Potter fans about, like, oh, death of the author, just let me enjoy this thing. Uh, and I wanted to move on to the other really big claim that I, I hear from a lot of people, not limited to just the Harry Potter fandom, but this whole idea about escapist media about like oh i just want to enjoy this thing because it's like it's my little escape from all the the hardship of the world don't take away my my precious childhood nostalgic like fantasy thing it's just it's just harmless fun it's just playing imaginary bullshit uh what do you think about that uh no man that's that that falls flat immediately like i i really have nothing to say about that that's just I mean, we we talked about that on a previous episode when the Harry Potter game came out and people are just like, yeah, so like, I know, but like, um, I really like it. So like, um, I'm going to do it and just know that like, uh, anyways, bye. It's like, oh. Yeah, or I, I was thinking about the, the same episode when we talked about the Starfield, like, fucking pronouns guy. Yeah, about, yeah, like, yeah. oh, do, do yeah. people just like Harry Potter because it doesn't try to, like, present day us, take away all our immersions, all our fantasies? And it's like, this is, this is, this is bullshit if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I don't, I don't know. I, if you really want escapist shit, like, there's much better escapism than than harry potter i don't like i i don't know maybe maybe that's just me and that's why like izakai shit never really vibed with me before is like i if if i'm trying to be escapist i don't want i don't want the i don't want here i don't want this this world that we live in to be like to exist at all i i want to just be just be a part of a different world and not be tied to here at all and and maybe that's part of my like disdain for izakai shit is um not only is it like just just bad bad writing and bad world building in general but like yeah like i i don't i i i don't know it doesn't speak to me at all um i i I don't know. You you say something. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 a rough thing to because okay. When I was writing the outline for this episode, my my first point, my gut reaction, what I put on the on the little Google Doc where I prepare every episode, I was like, okay, escapism is it pussy shit? And uh, my gut reaction is, yeah, I, I think it's kind of it's kind of pussy shit. Like when I hear about. Uh, people who who fall back on this like just let me enjoy my my video game just let me enjoy the the harry potter the the wizard games the starfield no pronouns whatever it's like okay what what do these people really have to escape from is their life really like so so bleak and miserable that they have to go into this like little bit of like uh fiction where there i guess aren't like poor people or like people with like blue hair or something and i I, honestly i I think it's i think a lot of the time it's weak 
but yeah i did look a little more into it and i will say there's also kind of like the the flip the the other side of the coin here which is um is like you could say to some degree that basically all media is kind of escapist right because like if if you mm. if you consume something as like a product as like a commodity it's there like ostensibly to like make your life a little bit better or a little more interesting or like just divert you away from like work and toil and other things so i'm a little torn on this one <laughs> yeah well i i mean i i guess it I, I see i have a hard time with that i don't think all media is necessarily escapist and I, I i don't i don't think any media is necessarily escapist i think it's your intentions and your interaction with this media that makes it either escapist or or just something that like yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I've definitely read fantasy books to escape from life before when I was stressed out, or I just don't want to think about shit. Um, and, and that's actually probably the mo- the the time that I engage with fantasy media the most. Um, when I'm thinking back to that, but like now, like I I I read nonfiction stuff a lot, and like I I think it's I think it's enjoyable, but like. Now I'm I I'm I'm not really trying to escape from my current life that much anymore. So like I enjoy it. I like I like a good story, but I kind of like right now I kind of like I kind of always try to relate this to like myself in a sense. Like I look for allegories. I look for for things that speak to me, and I think that's uh and, and I think that's like what's part of any piece of media, any any story, any any poem, any piece of music. It's like wh- what what speaks to you right now and how is the question. Right. And, you know, that's that it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because I was just about to to get into. Um, I think the the granddaddy of modern uh, fantasy uh, media and literature uh, J.R.R. Tolkien will probably mm. agree with you because I was I was looking up some things and there was an interesting quote. I won't read the quote exactly because um, I looked up a Wikipedia article and this was like the first sentence on it. So uh, forgive me for that. But the point is, uh, something that Tolkien said is that like, yeah, escapism in fantasy can be like a, a good like creative expression, a good diversion away from uh, things in the real world because it lets you like it lets you express like an idea or something in a second imaginary world. But his big point was that there has to be uh, some element of horror in them. There has to be something like dark and very real that kind of like grounds it in reality. Right. And I think that's right. that's it. You can kind of see that because um, looking at his own history, like uh, Tolkien served in in World War One. I, I want to say, which has got to be lot fucking the, insane. Like holy yeah, shit. That like at the time worst world the the worst <laughs> I can't speak the worst war that the world had ever seen. It's literally why they called it World War. In in um, in, in hot take, I would say it's the worst war that's ever been waged. Just in the sense of like World War Two was like kind of more dire in a certain sense, but like the 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 atrocities of World War One were just like holy shit, man. The more I learn about that war, the more I don't want to learn any more about it. 
Holy yeah, fuck. Yeah, just, just a complete fucking, like, mire of despair and, like, industrialized death. And Truly. It's just, yeah, it's like, that is the up. most dystopian thing that's ever happened in the world, um, is, is, as far as I know. And, and if you disagree with that, uh, please you know comment send send us uh send us some 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 literature or something on that i'm i'm very i'm very interested to see but like from what i understand with world war one is it's just like it's like ancient military tactics with modern military um technology which has most of it has been like now banned in the geneva Con- convention so yeah it's like, people yeah. are like digging trenches and like yeah. riding horses and shit but there's also like fucking like acid gas right 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 so, so th- yeah they're doing like uh like just guys are just r- like lining up and running at each other like like we're in the goddamn 1600s but there's fucking howitzers and gas and like artillery shells and fucking tanks and shit like uh, that's crazy anyways uh fucking rip to everybody who served there i'm really sorry that that you had to deal with that because that's yeah it's it's completely fucked but the the point i i brought this up is because like yeah a lot of people will look at like the lord of the rings as like that was the like the the big progenitor of what we think of as like fantasy fiction nowadays with like elves and dwarves and like magic and swords and sorcery and all that stuff but like a lot of the stuff in there is like directly influenced by like the fucking horrors of like the worst war the world yeah. had ever seen yeah. that uh, Tolkien expressed himself, and like that's some real shit. Uh, and whereas like you don't really see this in like Harry Potter, right? I think the more you you dig into the the literature and like the implications of everything in Harry Potter, all you get away from it is that like yeah, J.K. Rowling thinks British people are like the best people on earth. Or whatever, yeah, and, you know? and, and I th- I think that's a valid point. It's it's there's really no like nuance to any of it. It's it's kind of just like a typical like good guys are good and bad guys are bad. Um, the the system isn't broken it's just there's a few bad people and we need the good people to deal with them yeah yeah there's there's really nothing to unpack from any of it which i don't read into how voldemort used the uh repressed like goblins and other fantasy races uh into to uprooting the system don't read into that please please don't read into it you know but he's ugly and scary so it's bad yeah, have you considered that he doesn't have a nose? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's and 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 that's the thing. It's just kind of like ugly, bad, bad guy. Bad. Yeah, I mean that's that's literally a thing. I mean, one of the things I've I've seen in in the different video essays talking about it is that like J.K. Rowling really hates fat people. Like every time a fat character shows up in Harry Potter, they're just like bumbling and like stupid and just like mean for no reason right and you know it's, it's kind of funny but it does like really reveal you know a little something about true, what's going on true. there yeah yeah so you know a, a, a lot of people lean onto the, the the escapism as like their excuse for like oh i i just want to enjoy my my silly wizard thing but i'm like okay one what are you trying to escape from that's so bad that you need to like defend it to this degree and you know <laughs> Also, I mean, I have a th- I have a take on escapist media. It's like, man, we all need a refuge one time. Like, uh, like shit. I'm I'm not. I would be a hypocrite to say like I am fully invested in the world at all times. 
I'm I'm just working and and just being here and reading the media news all the time. Like I'm, I, I'm, I I'm spent, fucking I'm drinking alcohol right now. I'm recording a fucking podcast. Like I'm I not. spent ten years of my life GMing a consistent like persistent setting for a tabletop group. Sure. So I can't give anybody shit about it, being right. too invested in a fan. Right, world. but it's 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 also at the same time. I don't know when when people lean on this like escapism thing too much. It's just like, dude, are you okay? Like, if if this is your whole life, like, you really hinge everything on this? Like, man, like, shit, I like a fantasy realm. I like a, I like a video game here and there. I like a... I, I, I've played D&D before. I like to get in a fantasy world. I like to watch a goddamn movie. I like to watch it. I like to binge watch a goddamn tv show on netflix yeah i liked i i would love to cleanse Faerun of the goblins in pure blood but you know like we all have our hobbies <laughs> right right in in like you know if you if you get away for an hour <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> all right <laughs> I uh if, if you want to get away for an hour or two that's fine but like i i i am concerned about the people who like really hinge like every waking hour on their of their lives on just like i need to consume the most escapist shit at all times um just to stay sane it's like dude uh fucking you want to talk like you good uh yeah, yeah, and you know that 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 kind of that kind of brings us home to the last point that we want to hit about I guess the Harry Potter fandom specifically, but also just like a lot of fandoms in general, which is I I think we need to talk about this 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 uh painful point, which is there there are a lot of adults who are just like way too invested in children's media, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely a thing that that Like we we've yeah. talked about like throughout this episode we've we've mostly clowned on people on like the right side of the spectrum like oh yeah a lot of like the turfs or like weird like crystal mom people or like the the chuds or whatever that are just hopping onto harry potter now because Mm -hmm. they want to support jk and her like uh crusade against queer people or whatever yeah yeah and yeah all, all those people are dumb too but i i see a lot of this uh, among like lefty progressive types as well where like yeah there's a lot of people on twitter who just spend way too much time getting way too invested in like uh like cartoons for people half their age and, you know there's nothing wrong with liking cartoons but when you like devote like a sig- a significant portion of your time online to like arguing about like uh is it okay to ship this character with this other character or like are you a bad person if you like like this thing but it's like a problematic or like you you consume it in like an unethical way it's like everybody you you gotta stop you gotta unplug for a bit we're all too we're all way too invested well i I, I think that's the thing like if you have to ask that question maybe maybe just back the fuck off a little bit yeah, it's you know it's a very um, I guess that's a very Ravenclaw. I'm, I'm glad right? I'm I'm glad they're asking the question at least, but yeah, we we can all afford to do a little better. Like I said, uh, there's nothing wrong with liking media for people younger than you. Like I said, um, I discovered Adventure Time when I was in high school because 
that's when it came out. But uh, I still really like Adventure Time to this day. I think it's a great cartoon. I think yeah. there's a lot of yeah. uh, fun animation and little stories in there. There's a lot of good stuff in it. But uh, I'm not a fucking like Adventure Time video essayist where I'm going to write eight hours about why uh, Flame Princess is an abusive girlfriend or some shit. I don't, I don't know. If yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah, and I I think that's that's kind of the that's that's how we got to where we are today, right? Uh, a lot of people grew up with Harry Potter as kids, and, you know, it was kind of like a wholesome, like unproblematic and offensive kind of thing. It's like, oh, it's just a a fun little bit of your childhood, and you know, I think honestly, it probably could have still just been that to this day. Uh, if Rowling did the the bold, brave thing of just like shutting up and not making a, a twitter account you know God, if there's one thing we've taken away from like just present day in general it's just like, current, dude, day. <laughs> current day pronouns. Pronouns. current day pronouns <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> that, that really that really hurt my throat i don't know how i don't i don't know how british people who look like thumbs do it uh, but <laughs> it's it's all it's all the peas. <laughs> yeah, the mushy peas. Yeah, he had a bunch of mushy peas in his throat. But uh, um, it's it's just like, dude, you got a good thing going on. Just shut the fuck up. Nobody, yeah, just, nobody just cares. Nobody cares about your goddamn opinion. Shut the fuck up. This goes for everybody, honestly. Like, you you could be a you could be like a fucking political video essayist or a streamer just somebody who like writes articles or something it's like dude if if you have really something poignant to say that makes sense then air it out but like for the most part just please everybody shut the fuck up shut the yeah you know we yeah we we record on sundays we put out episodes on tuesdays usually but uh every single day is shut the fuck up friday seriously just just remember that seriously (laughs) take one day to just whatever hot take you have to whatever stupid shit that you see on twitter just resist your urge resist your urge push it deep down inside yourself and we have enough hot takes guys we We don't need any we have enough we have enough fucking uh, quirky snarky twitter comedians we have enough like lay intelligent people on there we have enough reply guys we have enough we have enough just take this moment to to take that urge that you have to reply and and there might be somebody who's listening to this right now to what i'm saying to what briar's saying and saying like i'm gonna put these fucking bitches in their place and she's like no no stop take that bottle of, just ball it up ball it up in your hands and just push it down. i'm gonna just, yeah just don't i'm gonna i'm gonna give some some life advice to our listeners here which is Ooh. this is this will this will change your life this will make everything complete and wonderful and you'll thank me for this later Every time you you feel something something deep inside of you something something dark and unpleasant and it's just it's just really bothering you just take everything that you're feeling open up your computer open up a notepad file type out everything type out your hot take type out all your grievances uh, type out uh, your your childhood traumas and uh, all the things that are upsetting you in the moment just get those those words 
onto the screen. Okay, you've got them. You've got mm-hmm. them. They're in the Notepad file, mm-hmm. right? Now you need to you need to uh, select all of that, and you're gonna hit copy, and you're gonna paste it into your email client, and you're gonna send it to uh, Dave at superdespairwill.com. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so do that, do that, and then also um, the the what's still in your what's still in your Notepad app, um, whatever it may be. Uh, if you have a printer at home, hit print. Um, take that piece of paper, roll it up. Uh, you might need to twist it twist it up a couple times, and then shove it directly up your ass. Um, because <laughs> once I read that, that's what I'm going to tell you what to do. So you might as well preemptively, <laughs> you might as well preemptively do that. But no, uh, if I, if I can, if I can be serious for a moment, I do think, yeah, it is, it is helpful to like write some stuff out, but you don't, you don't need to hit post. You don't need to send it. You don't need to, you don't need to text your, your ex partner or whatever. It's, sometimes it's good to just take all that stuff, write it down, and then and then just cast it out uh, to nowhere into the recycling bin because that's that that's that's it's good it's a good thing to do. I think I've I've heard I've heard that they do this in some like Buddhist temples or whatever. Well, they'll they'll make very intricate like mandalas out of like uh, drawing uh, with sand yeah. in, a, in a pile of sand or something, and then they'll just erase it because it's gone. It's ephemeral. It doesn't matter. Right. Uh, right. You know that's 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 the same with with a lot of media you know what in 50 years from now are people still going to be talking about harry potter uh god i hope not but you know you can you can take that first step to to creating that world where people don't care about this anymore yeah i mean i mean do like i i to be serious i will say that that is good advice to write it out and then just sleep on it or or take six hours if you write it in the morning or whatever and then come back to it and it's like i i guarantee you all of this vitriol you've written is like it the the matter at hand really doesn't matter to you you're just fucking you you're just you're just being shitty you're just feeling shitty and and like we all feel shitty because like we live in super despair world oh i wish we could drop the theme song right there but it's not ready yet <laughs> almost it's getting there it's getting there we're we're getting there yeah. But yeah, I think you know that 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 kind of wraps up all all my feelings about this this very magical little phantom we've got here. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it's. There's really not that much else to say about it. Um, if if you like the books, if you like the movies, it's fine. Um, it's not a lifestyle. It didn't really touch you as much as you thought it would. And um, I and I mean, like, I guess the takeaway is like, you could look at anything like that um you don't we're not telling you like if you liked harry potter if it was part of your youth like you need to just toss it away because jk rowling is a turf it's just like it's 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 just it's the same shit with the uh with the disney episode it's like enjoy it in its own in its own little tiny context but like all of the, uh, I and I think this is a this is a microcosm of everything we talk about when it comes to the media in general. Is like it doesn't really need to become a part of your like your identity. It doesn't need to become a part of you. Like you can you can enjoy this shit in a vacuum and just kind of just kind of be done with it afterwards. The thing is. When you kind of take a piece of media and you make it like an intrinsic part of yourself, 
uh, it's only natural that you're going to see criticisms of it and feel like deeply like wounded and personally bothered. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what I would say is you should you should practice like a healthy detachment from these things. You should learn to like appreciate criticism, even like uh, criticism you might not necessarily agree with. Because um, if, if I like if I really like something, if I really like if I really like, let's say. Uh, Digimon, a, a a TV show to sell toys that I haven't watched in like over twenty years. Uh, if I'm really into it, uh, I would love to go and watch. In fact, I have watched a few uh, YouTube video essays about like, yeah, here's why the first Digimon World game is a is a piece of shit and why it wasn't coded very well and the mechanics don't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, and that only makes me enjoy these things more. Okay, because I can I can look at uh, criticism of media and it only deepens my enjoyment of these things. Right, right. So you know what. If you still really want to like Harry Potter, then great. Then I think you should uh, you should consider all the things going on in the world and all the views about J.K. Rowling, and you should use that as a cornerstone for why you like uh, certain parts of the media uh, in spite of those things about her, or uh, maybe like use it as a as a jumping off point to uh, learn more about like a, a part of the book that you didn't consider in the past because you were too young or something. Yeah, there's ways to make it work. No, true, true. And, I, and and that's a really good point and I've definitely seen that because I always dunk on the MCU because uh, because I'm just a hater and I think I think all of that shit fucking sucks and yeah I'm not into cape shit in, in the not. amount <laughs> of people who have in and like the the proper responses to, to that is I like the movies so go fuck yourself and in to anybody who says that to me I'm like hell yeah based but um the amount of people who've been like fuck you you you're just a fucking asshole you just you don't like anything and just like dude why are you having this emotional response to some like hollywood billion dollar franchise fucking low-hanging fruit slop blockbuster movie like dude this is not this is not a part of you like just come on if i see somebody that says like yeah i just like spider-man because he does the cool flip and he has the cool spider powers whatever i'm like i have i have infinitely more respect hell yeah person hell yeah than the people who are like no the mcu actually is very like political and uh, it has a good deep moral all the the lore or something like i don't care dude and it's like like, yeah just just spend spend more time doing something else like it, it it's it's really the thing at the end of the day of just uh your identity is not some like media that a company pushed out it's not some music that a that a label pushed out to get you to buy shit it's not a tv show it's not some fucking anime it's not some manga it's not it's not a product it's not a fashion line all of this, all of this type of shit, man. Be a person, and if you like shit, you like shit, and if you don't, you don't. And if you ever find yourself getting to a point where you're offended or pissed off because somebody doesn't like some product that you like, you need to look long and fucking hard at yourself and and say like, "Am I? D- did they get me? Did they get me?" with this with this marketing man because like 
Marvel is not a lifestyle. It's not an identity. Uh, have, having a fucking iPhone or a, or or like being a PC gamer is not an identity. Like all, all all of this shit. You could extend that to fucking everything. Being a comic book fan, being a gamer, being a Twitch streamer, all of this type of shit, dude. They're all just products and platforms. Use them to your own advantage. And when they stop being useful to you, ditch them. Because none of this shit gives a fuck about you. Enjoy the shit you like. Um, and when it's when it's not good, just, like, it, it's fine. It's fine. Don't be mad about yeah, it. Yeah, and if you... If you really have to make uh, some media property your entire life and personality, uh, make it this show. Drop us a like on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Leave a comment below. Remember to like and subscribe. Uh, I think that's a good place to end the episode today. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. We dropped some knowledge on these chums today. Yeah, we really casted some spells and uh, made the the shit in our pants magically disappear. <laughs> Harry, uh, I, I I'm going to give you a a, a barrel of Zyklon B to you know what to do with the Muggles. Everybody, it's Moist Critical just got enrolled to the shit ass magic school. <laughs> hey guys, it's Moist Critical. Uh, I'm 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 in the uh, I'm in the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the Gringotts bank. Uh, they won't let me. They won't, <laughs> they won't let me uh, withdraw my money because I don't have a valid social security card. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really reading into the the phrenology of these fantastical creatures. That's that crazy. I, I don't. Uh, it's it's kind of suspect that they uh they look like a certain type of person. Um. They don't really understand my parents are dead. I tried to call the helpline. It was not helpful. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm just out here. I'm just trying to defend real women. <laughs> I don't know why everybody's so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> okay, good night. All right. Uh good fight, good night.